0: Support for this episode comes from eBay. Whether it's a holy grail pair of sneakers, head-turning handbags, or one genuine wardrobe staple. If you're always on the hunt for that one wardrobe staple you just gotta have, eBay gets it. Nothing's more important than the real deal. When you shop on eBay, all you have to do is look out for that shiny blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll know that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo will be verified authentic through a detailed inspection. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.
1: All right, Sixers fans, welcome to a new episode of Sixers Daily. I'm your host, Jazz Kang. A few things to jump into, including some news on the Ben Simmons front. We know who the Sixers are going to be playing on opening night as well as Christmas Day. And I'll have Paul Hudrick with me on to talk about that and getting his thoughts on the Kevin Durant trade rumors. Paul was off last week dealing with some personal stuff as well as on holidays as well. So wanted to get his thoughts on what this whole kevin durant thing means we'll jump into some christmas schedule talk as well but that's coming up in the second half of the pod before i do give you some details don't forget subscribe to liberty ballers podcast network you can catch us wherever you get your fix whether that's apple podcast spotify you name it we are there and of course check out all our written content as well at libertyballers.com so some news in the ben simmons front woge as well as shams touching on this earlier in the day and is recording this on monday evening Basically, Ben Simmons able to recoup a portion of the nearly $20 million that was held from him last season, as I mentioned, when he was holding out for the Sixers for a very, 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 very long time, ended up getting all the way to the trade deadline. But yeah, he was due the money. Obviously, the Sixers decided to suspend him for not taking part in the team activities, a one-time infamous time that he did was when he came in with the track pants and apparently had a bit of an attitude, walked out of the gym right when practice ended, and then also got told to go home once when Doc Rivers told him basically that his attitude stunk and they didn't want him around. So Ben Simmons ended up getting back some of his money, uh, Woj reporting there that the MBPA had filed a grievance. That was in April, a couple of months after Simmons had been sitting out and, and was obviously dealt to the Brooklyn Nets at that time. But the Sixers pretty much all ended up saying that Ben Simmons was in breach of his contract and wasn't performing to the standards that he signed and agreed to while the players union came back and said, hey, you know, he was injured and he was holding out. Uh, More than welcome to do that. So, again, he was able to get back some of that money from the organization. Both sides did agree, and this is what Woj just saying earlier on the ESPN piece, is that both sides agreed to confidentiality on the exact amount, although we might get some reports and rumors on that coming up over the coming days. But, again, looks like the Ben Simmons Sixers saga over now in terms of the off-court stuff, but everybody's still waiting for when he returns to actually play in a game as a member of the Brooklyn Nets next season. Also, some news on the schedule front. Of course, James Harden all of a sudden turned into Sixers Newsbreaker when he tweeted out that Philly will be in New York for Christmas Day, getting their first Christmas Day since 2019. Uh, so that'll be fun to see for the fans and the viewers. Usually a holiday for some people. Obviously, some of us have to work as well. So we'll give you a, a postgame then, too, when they, when they do take on the Knicks on Christmas Day in New York. So, again, something to look forward to there down the line. But uh, Shams also tweeted out, that we know the opening day schedule now it's going to be the Sixers and Celtics. Then it's going to be Lakers and Warriors. That's opening night, October 18th on TNT. So a pretty good test right out of the gate, obviously playing against the Celtics squad that got to the NBA final was on a tear in the second half of the season. If you look back at, at where they were at in December, at one point sitting at 15 and 16 and really found their footing, the Celtics did at that time, ended up going 36 and 15 down the stretch, finishes as the number two seed, and obviously came up just short in the final. So good test for a revamped Sixer squad, right? Coming out of the gate, they're going to have PJ Tucker in the lineup. Hopefully, you know, all things go well on the injury front, but you're gonna have PJ Tucker, you're gonna have DeAnthony Melton, you're gonna have Daniel House, you're gonna have an even more improved Tyrese Maxey, which is gonna be fun to see what level he takes a leap to going into year three in his career. Obviously Joel Embiid, James Harden, Who knows, maybe Kevin Durant. That might be a pipe dream. But again, you never say never on that front. But uh, looking forward to to that game. And of course, you look at it, it's low stakes. It's the season opener. One of 82 games that each team is going to play before we hit the playoffs. So does it mean much in the standings? No. But I think from a Philly perspective, you do want to see the Sixers come out with intensity. Again, might not be overly smooth on the offensive front. Or the defensive front, given the time that these guys as a a group haven't had a ton of time to gel, although they are working out together in the offseason, implementing the system that Doc Rivers and his fellow coaches run and getting used to each other's tendencies. So I, I think I don't think the Sixers are going to struggle. I think they're too deep and too good to struggle out of the gate in terms of, you know, starting off three and seven or three and eight or something disappointing like that. But I wouldn't be surprised if it took them some time to obviously figure those things out in terms of timing, in terms of tendencies, in terms of how a player, you know, where a players a teammate's weaknesses on defense that maybe you have to overhelp on the perimeter. If you don't, you know, you're confident. So there's all these little things. But I think that's one thing I'm just looking for from opening night is seeing the Sixers come out with a ton of intensity, come out and just show that they are going to be right there with Boston at the end of the year for not only the top seed, but hopefully a trip to the NBA finals out of the Eastern Conference. So again, not looking at it as a a major statement game, but you want to see the Sixers come out just with some intensity and play hard and be with it from the get-go. Again, I think the little things, the, the details of how they do things systematically is going to take some time to gel, just given the fact that They haven't had a ton of time playing together as a unit. You're adding so many moving parts. I I think it makes it difficult to come out gangbusters right away. But you look at what happened last year between these two teams. They end up splitting the season series at two to two. The Celtics got an ugly 88-87 win on December 1st. Of course, that was a major struggle for Joel Embiid in that one. He went three for 17, ended up with 13 points and 18 boards, but couldn't get anything going offensively. If he does make a shot there, uh, Sixers likely end up winning that one. The two teams played just less than three weeks later. This was also in December. The Sixers ended up getting a 111.99 99 win. And if you remember this one, Joel Embiid in the 108-103 win was just a friggin' machine. He went off 41 points, 10 rebounds. You remember that game? He couldn't miss. He was dominating them, especially in the in that third and fourth quarter, made some big shots at the end. Again, these two teams were fairly, obviously, evenly matched throughout the regular season. They finished tied in the standings. They split their season series, but the Celtics, I think, were a little bit deeper rostered last year. Don't think that's going to be the case this year, though, although just based off what we know, I would put the celtics and bucks a little bit ahead of the sixers but obviously i'm saying that without seeing philly play a game together and now given the depth that daryl morey was able to add i do think it's going to come down to those three teams and possibly miami if the heat don't have a bit of regression to get out of the Eastern Conference next season. Going to take a short break here. Coming up on the other side, we're going to hear from Paul Hudrick. Of course, he's a lead producer for us at LibertyBallers.com. Going to get his thoughts on the Christmas Day game, a little bit of NFL talk as well, and some just general life stuff. And then also going to get his thoughts on the Kevin Durant stuff. We haven't heard from Paul yet. He's been off. Uh, also had some personal stuff to deal with last week. So wanted to get his take on what he thinks will happen ultimately with maybe one of the 10 best players to ever do it and Kevin Durant. It seems like there's no way he's going to be back with the Brooklyn Nets. Although, again, he's still under contract for four years, so can't just force his way out. And some people have said he's willing to retire. He's willing to die on that sword of his that I'm not going back to Brooklyn. And of course, Steve Nash, Sean Marks still in their jobs as head coach and general manager. So we'll talk to Paul about that coming up here after a short break.
0: Support for this episode comes from eBay whether it's a holy grail pair of sneakers, head-turning handbags, or one genuine wardrobe staple. If you're always on the hunt for that one wardrobe staple you just gotta have, eBay gets it. Nothing's more important than the real deal. When you shop on eBay, all you have to do is look out for that shiny blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll know that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo will be verified authentic through a detailed inspection. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit eBay.com for terms.
2: Support for this podcast comes from Smart Water. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smart Water Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smart Water Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smart Water Alkaline today to learn more visit drinksmartwater.com
1: Joining me the man you see behind the magic at Liberty Ballers he was off for a week so we didn't get to hear his take on the Kevin Durant stuff which which I said Paul we will jump into eventually but you've had some stuff going on on the home front how's everything going with the with the puppy and uh, hopefully he's okay after having to go for uh, surgery last week
2: Yeah uh, he gave us quite the scare it was uh it was pretty terrifying it was a very rough week uh, in our household it was supposed to be a vacation we were supposed to take the little guy to, uh, to the zoo, to the aquarium supposed to take him to his first Phillies game. And all of that went out the window. Uh, basically the first day on Sunday, um, we had to take the dog to the hospital, but thank, thankfully um, the great people at the Mount Laurel animal hospital took care of him. Sergio was successful. He's, he's at home now recovering. So yeah, thank, thank goodness uh, that all worked out.
1: No, they're, they're like, it, it's funny because they are like, such a part of the family you know what i mean like with dogs and stuff i, I was lucky oh. enough i had a i had a lab and he lasted for 14 years and we, we had to put him down at the end because he lost his um couldn't walk anymore he had cancer growing in his spine and the back legs and then i pretty quickly i was like well as much as it killed me to do it i'm like we had to we had to put him down and uh but you look at it and you're like you worry about them like they're your children you know what i mean it's just kind yeah, of like 100 yeah and I will- I, I, go ahead yeah
2: You know, but like for my fiance and I, like we've been together for seven years, we've had him for like five and he's still like he's six, he's six years old, like he's a baby, like, you know what I mean? Like that's, it would be a different conversation if this was a 14 year old dog, you know, but like, like, man, he's still got a lot of life left to give, you know, and they said, you know, if if all goes well, he would have a normal, um, you know, normal function of life. And, you know, so here we are in debt and. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and in debt uh to the doctors but also in debt financially so it's fine um but it's all worth it because like you said man he really is he he we my fiance and i have gone through so much in the time we've had him and he's been with with us through it all so like yeah he he is our ride and die guy man uh we we would have we it was an easy decision for us to make to go through with it because he is uh he is such a huge part of our family
1: yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm looking at, I'm like, eventually once I get more space, I'm going to, I am going to get another dog because they're just the friggin' best. And I love them. I, I love watching their videos on, on social media uh, and just how great they are. So glad to hear uh, that the little guy is back home and doing healthy and, and recovering. Um, let's jump into some Sixers talk. First off the Christmas day schedule. I know people were joking around about this, like how James Harden broke the news. He said Christmas in the garden and, and that kind of, <laughs> you know, we got to know that, Hey, the Sixers are actually going to be playing on December the 25th, which is funny because you've heard complaints before where they haven't been scheduled, right? That they're like, well, how come the Sixers aren't playing on Christmas? Now that they're playing on Christmas, meaning I'm going to have to work on on Christmas (laughs) Day, uh, which again is... My first thought too. Yeah, you were were used to it in the the media industry. But looking around at the rest of that schedule, Paul, for for Christmas Day, you got the Bucks and the Celtics. That should be a great one. I'm assuming Sixers-Knicks will be... Uh, either a three or three 30 start right is, would you guess that
2: normally they're like the, yeah it's like the new york game i think is like the afternoon one yeah
1: yeah so that one will be there then you got suns nuggets lakers mavericks like come on right i don't nobody wants to see the lakers are gonna get <laughs> freaking 54 national tv games and, and nobody wants to see them and then but i i think for me obviously i want to see the sixers kick the crap out of the knicks on on that day but grizzlies warriors Uh, that's going to be the first time they're playing all season after that contentious series they had in the second round. So I'm looking forward to seeing, obviously, John Morant, hopefully back in the lineup, and both those teams are at full strength, and we'll get to see some hostilities exchanged again. Mm -hmm. But what do you think of the Christmas Day schedule for the NBA? Obviously, it's been a staple of our lives pretty much the whole time we've been old enough to watch basketball. Um, What does that mean to you? Do you think it's anything – again, it's nothing in the bigger picture, but do you think it means a little bit more that the Sixers, given the fact that they are now going to be – having a, more of a national spotlight on them. You think it means anything in that front as well?
2: Yeah, I, I think there's a sense of certainly a sense of pride, unless you're the Lakers or the Knicks and you're just gifted the game every year. Um, yeah, I think there is a sense of pride that comes with playing on Christmas Day. It, it is. And like, that's why Harden, I think, did it out. He had a lot of pride in the fact that, hey, we're one of the big tickets in the league. You know, Joel Embiid and I, um, and maybe Kevin Durant, who knows? Um, we're, we're, the, we're a big <laughs> sell. and you know, the league wants to put us on display because they know the fans want to see us. So from that perspective, I do, I, I think there is something to it. Uh, You know, they ha- they haven't had a Christmas uh, game in the last couple of seasons seasons. Um, the last one was a really good one when they, when they beat the crap out of the bucks and it hit a million threes and Joel and beat shut Giannis down. That was there were a lot of it's for a team that really wound up kind of stinking in the end. That was um, a, a lot of fun. That, and that was like a really big momentous kind of game. And it just didn't, they couldn't carry the momentum over, but then that's kind of indicative of how that team was quite frankly, is they'd win a big game and then they followed up by, you know, losing to Orlando on the road or something, um, you know, a night later. But yeah, from a work perspective, I can't lie. That stinks. It, it really stinks. <laughs> and the other thing too, Jazz, is the, the Eagles play on Christmas Eve. So oh, we got okay, okay. Eagles on Christmas Eve, Sixers on Christmas Day. So from a fan perspective, that's pretty cool. From a work perspective, I'm like not necessarily loving it. But hey, um, I, like I said, I'm sure the Sixers are very happy about it. I'm sure there there is something that they're feeling a little bit of more respect uh, with that. But yeah, the other games you mentioned, I, I am with you. that The Golden State-Memphis game, John Morant is my is really my favorite player in the league. I I would pay to watch that guy any night of the week. He is so fun. He's so good, um, and he's so I love his his confidence, the way he carries himself, uh, and yeah that 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 rivalry already with the Warriors is, is so much. And it's like it's definitely like there's a uh, like a old guard versus new guard thing there too that I think plays really really well. So that's definitely of all the games, that's the game I'm most excited about. Denver Phoenix should be pretty exciting too. That should be a really fun one.
1: Yeah. The nuggets are nuggets are going to be back this year. I mean, I'm not, right. I mean, obviously they've been a playoff team uh, without Jamal Murray and, and, and Michael Porter jr. Last season, but looking at, at that, that that roster they're pretty stacked and I think that I do think Phoenix is going to take a step back I think Chris Paul again as much as we said oh he's going to age or whatever I just think he'll hit a bit of a plateau in, in terms of his performance and something was off with that team in the second round obviously after going to the finals in 2021 and then the expectation was with how good they were last year in the regular season uh leading the league with 64 wins and they were miles ahead of anybody else I think the Grizzlies are the second best record in the league and there were eight games up on them so you look at uh, the Suns, I think they're going to take a step back, but looking in the West, like I'm already salivating when you look specifically at the Western conference at seeing a Memphis Golden State playoff series again. And like you said, it's, it kind of has that, you know how you've seen that Paul throughout the years where, okay, the young team loses to the old team once, maybe twice, but then they're able to knock them off to get to the promised line or get to the finals. I think we're sure. going to see that in the next couple of years here with, with the Grizzlies and the Warriors.
2: That was like the Sixers back in the day, the Irish scenario it was the Pacers, the Pacers mm-hmm. kicked the crap out of them two years in a row in the playoffs. And then the year the Sixers went to the finals, they kicked the crap out of the Pacers. So there is always that fun changing of the guard thing that does happen. And um, I think you're seeing more of that too, because of the parity of the league. I know the Warriors have, you know, have been, you know, they, after a couple of years of going down, they're back up top, but Overall in the NBA, there's so much more parity right now that that feels like a possible thing. And then they have a guy like a John Morant who is an MVP caliber type of player. So they have the type of guy. And also, too, I think about it like, you know, and I don't want to make a direct comparison because that's it's it would be insane to do so. But you look at like Michael Jordan and what he had to go through with the Pistons um, and, and mm-hmm. kind of like his path and how he had to get to you know he took plenty of his lumps before he got to where he you know before he got to the championship so a guy like john morant who has that potential to be that you know perennial mvp candidate he's going to have to take lumps most likely and you know he took a big one with the warriors last year and and we'll kind of see you know, where that goes. And I think he's definitely going to have a little something extra for, for Steph and those guys on Christmas Day. It's going to be fun.
1: Oh, yeah, that, that that is going to be. I just want I, I love, see, the one thing I do miss, Paul, about the old guard of the NBA, and I don't want to sound like that guy, you know what I mean? I appreciate the way the game is played now in terms of the skill level, the athleticism, kind of the way it's changed and evolved from having seven-footers take up the block, you know what I mean, and just kind of sitting there and, and, and slowing the game down. But I miss the rivalries. I, I don't think we've had that sense of, Um, heat between opponents for a long time and we used to see it a lot you know obviously in the 90s and even the 2000s you had um, like you mentioned you know Sixers versus uh, Pacers at that time with with Iverson was there then you also had you know the Bulls taking on the Pacers at that time the, the Bulls and the Knicks the Supersonics and the Utah Jazz like there was always this added hostility between the teams and i think that's been lacking in the league for the last little while while the whole player empowerment movement has been going on so i love when you get teams that truly do not like each other going Mm -hmm. at it and i think that that's one good part about it but i do want to ask you this as well because the nfl now the last few seasons has looked at this and been like damn aren't we taking advantage of this christmas day thing you know what i mean (laughs) we we, we may as well do it so they got a triple header going on packers taking on the dolphins Broncos in uh, LA taking on the Rams. Obviously that'll be with Russell Wilson at the helm. So Denver should be a little bit better this year. And then the night game is the bucks and the Cardinals. So I got to ask you if you had to choose, I mean, obviously we're going to have to be, we're going to watch that Sixers next game, no matter what, but let's say you only have the one TV going, are you going to be watching more of the NFL games or the NBA games at the,
2: man, that's tough. Yeah. I I mean, I'm going to say, I'll probably lean NFL, but if I'm in a situation where I have the capability of flicking back and forth, I will do that as much as possible. Um, But I guess I'll lean NFL because the other factor is when I'm in a household, you know, I've I listen, man, it's, it's August 15th. I don't know what I'm doing on Christmas day, Um, mm-hmm. but if we're hosting here, you know, I'll have control of my TV and all that. If I'm at my, my sister's house, my brother-in-law is a big football, he's a basketball guy too, but he's more of a football guy. So Will probably be more NFL oriented over there. So that I guess it depends too on where I spend my Christmas Day, but I I lean NFL, but I would like to switch back and forth between both.
1: See, that's what you gotta get the two. Especially TVs Lakers You gotta get you I'm gotta not get the I don't I really care about <laughs> Lakers Mavericks. Yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna watch Lakers Mavericks. I don't give two craps about that game. I probably will skip Sun's Nuggets, depending on what the overlap is with the NFL game. But two TVs, man. You gotta you gotta do two TVs. That, too. It's a yeah. it's a beautiful thing. I set it up last year um so I can watch you know i I had nba league pass and then i I always sign up for nfl sunday ticket so you got both things going on and i'm like you got the cable and then you got your streaming service on the secondary tv and it's a beautiful thing on sundays you know what
2: and i i can pull that off i you know there is literally nothing stopping me other than my fiance yelling at me there's 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 little stopping me from doing that so maybe that will be a thing i do
1: i've been i've been with my lady for about six months now and i've told her i've said look just so you know when the NFL season is on, do not ask me to do anything on Sundays. I am on the couch <laughs> for a minimum of six and a half hours. <laughs> and that is what I'm going to be doing. And I want to have some good food. So if you don't feel like cooking or I don't feel like cooking, we'll order some good stuff, but six and a half hours for every NFL Sunday, don't expect me to get up. And then if there's it. if there's a night game that I really don't care about watching, that's fine, we can skip the night one. But my Sundays are booked up. Uh, want to jump into this with you as well, Paul. We're getting into, like I said, we're in the dog days right now of the, of the NBA off season. But looking at the over-under for win totals for the NBA teams, obviously our partner, uh, David Ficillo, does a great job with uh, DraftKings. You can check that out as well on on their sports book. But looking at where odds makers have the Sixers, seventh overall in terms of having the most wins for over-under, tied for for seventh with the uh, Denver Nuggets at 49 and a half, but third best in the Eastern Conference. And what I found interesting here, and the Celtics are currently the team that are projected to have the most wins. Their over-unders at 54 and a half. The Bucks come in second at 52 and a half. Then you got the Suns, the Clippers. They're also at 52 and a half. Warriors at 51. And then, as I mentioned, Denver and Philly there. But interesting for me to see this, Paul, because you look at last, last year, the Sixers, 51 wins ended up fourth in the Eastern conference. Joel Embiid missed 14 games. Obviously James Harden missed that week. And then he missed a few games in between. Do you think that odds makers have that too low considering how much we feel the Sixers have improved this off season?
2: Yeah. And for me personally, I, I would be pounding the over on that. Um, But I, my guess is there's a lot tied into that. It's one. I think the Eastern conference is just better. Um, You, you see teams like even last year that it's, it's starting to get to a point where I, I think the West is actually more top heavy than the East. I, I mm. think the, 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 talent's kind of spread out and I expect, you know, certain teams, I expect, you know, like the Hawks, I expect the Hawks to bounce back. They made a big trade and got DeJounte Murray. Mary. Uh, I expect them to be better. A, a team like the wizards, even though they're not, I still don't expect them to be good. They're going to be better. They're going to fight for a playing spot. You know, they, they made a pretty good trade with Denver to get two pretty good guards. They, they, um, you know, Porzingis, I don't know what he is or what he's going to look like, but they're going to be a better team. And I just, yeah, when I look up and down the East, um, you know, uh, the Knicks have the potential to be better with Jalen Brunson. Now on the fold, you look at, I mean, I'm just literally going down the list. I mean, the Pistons had a really good draft. They're not going to be great, but they're not going to be a pushover this year. They're going to be a lot more competitive, really the only team, even the magic, you know, they have some good young players. The only team that I think is really going to stink, like really stink is the Pacers. Um, Every other, every other Mm -hmm. team, I think can give you a a tough game on a given night. And I think that's a factor. I I think that's a big part of it. Um, But that's, I'd say the other thing is too. I think as much as we're seeing all this good stuff about James Harden and, you know, him working out and him looking good and him, you know, staying in shape and him doing things to, to correct his fitness level and, 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 you know, really take care of his body. There is still likely a hesitation from some people after they saw what they saw last year. And I get that. I, I you know, it, it ended awfully. It, it ended really poorly. So my thinking is maybe the people at DraftKings are, are seeing that, you know, maybe people aren't as all in on the Sixers because of James Harden, because they want to see what he looks like first. So, like, For me, I I, like to answer your question at the top. Yeah. I think this is a little low and I will be pounding the over Uh, with that said, I think if if James Harden is looking pretty good within the first couple weeks of the season, I think that number could rise pretty quickly. So I would probably, if you're planning to get it on it, I would get it on it now. Um, But yeah, uh, this, this team, like, like you already mentioned this team, as it was constructed last year, won over 50 games and that's with, you know, the Ben Simmons stuff hanging over their season, over their heads all season long, you know, dwell and bead kind of in and out of the lineup, them missing a lot of guys with COVID for a stretch. Uh, Tyrese Maxey, I expect to take another leap. They got their bench. They're so much deeper now with Tucker and House and Melton. I anticipate. Yeah, like I anticipate, though, they will definitely be better than last year. And that alone um, puts them over that 49 and a half number.
1: Yeah, and that's what I found weird, too. I'm like, okay, they got, like you mentioned, they got Tucker, they got House, they got Melton, uh, Tyrese Maxi's going to take a step. You got James Harden, who by all means and by all accounts, again, it's the Ben Simmons special where, oh, he looks really good in the offseason, but we have to see what happens uh, when he gets on the court. And even if he's at the same level he was last year, still a pretty damn good player, at least a top 15, 20 guy. So again, I'm with you right there. I'd be betting heavy on the over on that for the Sixers. But you mentioned looking around the rest of the conference, right? And Miami... Boston, Milwaukee, Philly, I think those are your best four. Uh, As I mentioned off the top, we are going to get into the Kevin Durant stuff. So Brooklyn, if he is still there and he's alongside Kyrie Irving, that's another team that you would probably have in in one of the six playoff spots, uh, Atlanta. But if you had to name your six, and again, we're two months before opening day or even close to it, what are, who are your top six squads right now? Cause the player movement pretty much is done unless the Durant deal and Donovan Mitchell, those are the two things we're keeping our eye on. But as things stand, who are your six guaranteed playoff teams? Uh, and then obviously you got your four playing, but the the six that you see right now in the East ball that you think are for sure going to be there.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, you're the list. You kind of already said like the top four is the top four. I, I don't think anyone could dispute that Boston, Milwaukee, uh, the Sixers and the Heat. I think those are the top four teams. And really, I, I, I say it in that order, but I think that could go any direction. I think any of those four teams, like any of those teams could be fourth. Any of those teams could win the conference. I think it's pretty even uh, amongst those four teams. Maybe things change as the season goes on, but that that's where I see that. I do think if the Nets, don't move on from Durant and don't move on from Kyrie. You, I would put them in that fifth spot. I think they're good enough. I would be curious to know what the return would be for Kevin Durant. Like if, if it's the Celtics uh and they get Jalen Brown, they get maybe Robert Williams or something like that. And they, you know, they move Kyrie and they get maybe another useful player. I mean, they, they could still be theoretically a, a pretty competitive team. So I, I would be interested to see what they'd look like. I'm not saying I would guarantee them a playoff spot to that, but yeah, I mean, and then as far as the six spot goes, you know, a team I I, I like and I, I could see them taking a step forward is Cleveland. I, I love Darius Garland, I love uh Mobley, Jared Allen's a solid player. I think Okoro still has more to tap into, um, you know, offensively, and he's already a really good defensive player. They just have a lot of really good young pieces that I like, and I, I could see them getting better. Uh, the Sexton stuff is interesting, no one, you know, clearly. No one has made him an offer. He, he's got they, you know, they gave the the Cleveland extended the qualifying offer. They can match anything. So like, I don't know that Sexton's gonna get anything better than the qualifying offer. Um, yeah. but, but if you're Cleveland, that could be huge to have a guy like Sexton coming off your bench uh, as kind of your sixth man and like that microwave score that can just give you a boost. That that could be a hell of a role for him. I think he could look really good doing that. Um, it, you know, it, clearly. He's probably not going to be thrilled with the way things went down, but at the same time, it's not Cleveland's fault, right? Like they extended the qualifying offer and, and no one bit, no one wanted to give him, uh, no one wanted to, you know, offer him more than that as a restricted free agent. So it, that, that has a potential to make them um, an even more intriguing team. They might, I mean, the experience thing is maybe where they're going to lack a little bit and maybe that's where, you know, that's where they might fall behind some teams I'm just interested, interested to see what goes on with the bulls. I did not care for their off season. Um, I, I thought I don't really th- think they got better in any way. Mm-hmm. They didn't, they certainly didn't get, you know, probably didn't get worse either, but, um, they really fell apart down the stretch there. And, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure that are did that, that. You know, it's, it feels like teams like Cleveland, um, teams like the Knicks, other teams got better and they just didn't, they, they really stayed stagnant. So, um, I, I lean towards Cleveland, but the experience factor is maybe what separates a team like Chicago. Other than that. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't Charlotte had a, obviously a brutal offseason. season. Um, you know, I don't want to minimum minimize some of the stuff that went down there, but you know, they're in, in bad shape when it comes to, you know, they, they also another team that they, they really didn't do anything this off season. They, they re-signed Cody Martin, which good for them. Cody Martin's a fine player. I think they did, okay in the draft but they didn't make any good signings they really didn't make any any trades at all except in the draft itself um but then and then moving on to i guess atlanta atlanta's not an interesting team too because this is a team that's one year removed from being in the eastern conference finals granted the sixers to me and Chunked. i will yeah. say this till, till the grave i think they kind of gifted the sixers that eastern conference fi- or you know I mean, the sixers kind of gifted the hawks that eastern conference finals appearance but with DeJounte and Mary, I'm interested to see how that fit works. I don't feel comfortable saying they're a guarantee, but um, I, I am very intrigued by the way they are currently constructed. If Capella can stay healthy, if they hang on to John Collins, I want to see what that looks like.
1: Yeah, the I, I think that the Hawks will take a bit of a step forward. Now, they're still going to be a tier below the top four that we, we know what we mentioned, the Sixers, Bucks, Celtics, and Heat. But I, I think Atlanta and another team, Toronto. Right. You got Pascal Siakam. Scotty Barnes is going to oh, be in. And in, I did Toronto. Of course. Yeah. yeah. And I think that that's another squad. So it, it is going to be interesting in the East, that whole run. And I, I again, I am one of those weirdos who's not a fan of the in. I, I don't think that a team that is 10th in the conference has any right to try and, and play. <laughs> I would, I'd rather much rather be like a best of three between the eight and nine seed. You know what I mean? And just say, okay, have at it. And whoever wins two out of three, um you're gonna you're gonna have the chance to to play in the playoffs but i'm not a fan of the 10 but i that it is going to be interesting because again the knicks kind of still lurking in the donovan mitchell stuff that'll move them up the ladder uh but charlotte washington you mentioned the pacers are going to stink. orlando obviously will have Bancaro wagner's going into into year two uh so he'll be better and the pistons are, are adding young pieces around cade cunningham i just got jaden ivy uh, i love
2: got, their yeah duran I, I love their young that they're going to be they're going to be fun this year, and then they might actually be good in like a couple of years.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Give it a, you give it maybe another season or two, and they'll be, they'll be knocking. I think next year, not this year, next year, they'll be knocking on the playing door, and maybe two from now, if they, if they keep that core together and those guys develop. The way that the pistons would need them to i think they'll have something to say as well and over in the west man we were saying that it's top heavy I, i'm just looking at the teams okay so we'll just do this quickly before we hop into a break here paul my top six are obviously you're going to have the warriors you're going to have the grizzlies i think the mavericks will take another step um even though they didn't have a, a great offseason losing brunson I, I still think luka Doncic is is a fantastic dominant guy and once he gets once he hits his apex uh that Mavs team is going to be very 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 scary you mentioned denver the Clippers are going to have Paul George, Kawhi Leonard back. Ideally, they'll be healthy and they'll be ready to go full time. The Pelicans we saw do pretty good towards the end of last season, although they won 36 games only. I think they'll take a, take a leap. You got the Timberwolves as well. And the Lakers, obviously a total wild card. Yeah, you have LeBron. Yeah, you have Anthony Davis, who can't stay on the floor. Uh, you have a sour Russell Westbrook as well. But, I mean, the Suns, another team I didn't mention. Utah, we're going to expect to take a a, a step back. But how do you have your top six in the in the West there?
2: Yeah. I, I And very clearly the warriors and the Suns. I think are in there. I think the Clippers are certainly in that mix with what they're going to do. I'm very intrigued to see what that looks like with John wall in the mix, Denver. Like we already talked about getting Jamal Mary back, Michael Porter, junior healthy uh, with Jokic uh, adding Contavious Caldwell Pope, I think is, is a, a sneaky, good move for them. They kind of consolidated their guards to get a guy in Pope who I think, you know, maybe fits what they have going on a little bit better. I'm, very intrigued to see what that looks like. And Memphis, yeah, I, I think Memphis is going to be perennial, uh, perennially in in the mix as well as Dallas. As long as they have Luca, they're going to be in the mix. So yeah, I mean, we're already. I mean, that's it's a tough deal. I mean, I, I would say it's probably my it's probably Warriors, Clippers, Suns, Nuggets, Grizzlies, Mavericks, and then Lakers. I I can't say that I think the Lakers are, are definitely going to be in. I, I until the Westbrook stuff gets resolved. I, I I don't. I think those six teams I mentioned are better than them. Uh, same with, you know, the Timberwolves obviously made a splashy move by, you know, trading for Rudy Gobert. I, I personally didn't like the move and that's not even a knock on Rudy Gobert because I know people get really defensive about him if you say mean things about Rudy Gobert, but um <laughs> I just don't, I don't care for that fit. I, I know I, I the idea of Carl Anthony Towns as more of a four uh, is interesting to me and I think maybe with his ability as a perimeter player, he can make that work, but I defensively I, I i'm curious to see what that looks like yeah you mentioned a jazz are going to take a big step back i imagine i actually portland i think might be sneaky like okay like I, i'm not saying they're going to be at the top of the conference or anything like that but portland did some stuff to actually put a team around damian lillard so they might actually not stink so i'm curious to see how they look and yeah the pelicans are they're if zion plays they are a sneaky, sneaky team, and maybe sneak into that top six. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know who they will push out because it's stacked up top. But New Orleans is a team. I, I, I'm, I'm very interested to see how if Zion comes back and then how that all looks, how those pieces all fit together.
1: You know, one one squad in the West ball that I really am looking forward to watching is OKC. That's because I love Chet Holmgren. I just think he's going to be awesome. Nice. Uh, I, I know that he's a, a beam pole in terms of his skinniness, but uh, I just think that the way he plays. Uh, his overall game, the way he could shoot, the way he impacts the game on the defensive end. He's a guy I, I think is my early front runner for, for rookie of the year. I like uh, it. Let's, yeah, let's let us real
2: quick though. I want to say too, yeah. I think OKC is a team that, um, it seems to me at least, they are going from tank and thinking on purpose to perhaps turning that corner to now wanting to win some games. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think. Holmgren's a big part of that. Uh, I really, you know, Giddy, Shake Shea Gal- Gildas Alexander. They yeah. have a fun team that's actually good. I think they're going to win a few games this year.
1: I, I do too. I think they're going to be like the Pistons where, and again, you're looking at the over-unders. Yeah. So Those teams are in yeah. the 20s. And I'm like, I wouldn't mind putting some money on them because I think yeah. that they, the young guys, they don't want to take nights off in the NBA. This isn't the LeBron's. Uh, or those guys where it's like, Hey, we've played in the league for 10, 15 years. We're going to take a day off. These guys want to be out there. They want to play They're going to have some upsets during the regular season too. They're
2: the teams. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So that they're going to be a league pass league pass favorite for sure. I uh, wanted to jump into the KD talk with you a little bit, Paul. Obviously we've covered this wall to wall since he said, or since we had reports uh from Ian Begley of SNY basically saying, Hey, Kevin Durant open to joining the Sixers, um, The Celtics right there as well. We've still heard the Miami Heat, very interested in him. Toronto Raptors, another squad we've heard, still interested in trying to acquire KD. When you look at this whole fiasco, and now we're hearing basically that even though he's got four years left on his deal, he might just say, screw it, and I'm going to retire because he doesn't want to go back to Brooklyn, doesn't want to play for Steve Nash, doesn't want Sean Marks to be the GM. What are your thoughts on this whole KD thing and the potential that he could be in affiliate uniform next season?
2: I have trouble seeing the path to him becoming a Sixer um, for many reasons. I, I would not like the reports are that he, you know, Sixers are a team. He would be um, open to joining. I, sure. I could see him being open to that. Um, playing with Joel Embiid, who obviously they have a, a very big mutual respect for each other and love playing against each other. I'm sure they would love to play with each other. You know, him and James Harden have already played together twice. Why not make it three times? And clearly their, their relationship is still good. We saw them spending time in what in, in Spain together, and they're, they're having a blast and doing their thing. So it seems they would have no issue coming back together and, and, and reuniting and, and, and seeing what they can do there. And I'm sure the Sixers, um, you know, uh, being a team that has, you know, a, 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 an executive who's pretty smart, would be very interested in, in acquiring one of the greatest basketball players to ever walk the earth. So, from that standpoint, all of that makes sense and it's all great. But I think if you're the Nets, I don't want to give the Sixers Kevin, uh, you know, James Harden, and then turn around and also give them Kevin Durant. That's one thing. Uh, two, I do imagine there is a better offer somewhere, and that's no disrespect to Tyrese Maxey, who might be the best young player that, that Brooklyn can get. Um, when you look at around the league, I personally, I like Maxi more than I like Tyler hero. If you're talking about a heat package, uh, if you're looking at the Suns, and, you know, even though the Deandre eight and stuff's very complicated now, I would take Tyrese Maxi over Deandre eight and two. There's just a lot of, a, a lot of young players that I think Maxi is better than that. That's what would be intriguing. But if I'm looking at, let's say the Celtics, if I can get a Jalen Brown plus picks package, because the Sixers, that's the other thing to keep in mind, Jess. Like if you if they do a deal with the Sixers, one, they have to take back to Bias Harris, two, the Sixers have virtually no draft picks to offer. If you're doing a deal with the Celtics, they can give you Jalen Brown. The salary's fine, you're good to go there. Um, you know, you, you can give them a you can get a Robert Williams in that mix, and then you can also get draft picks. So if I'm weighing those two. Uh, and I'm the Nets, I lean towards a Celtics package. And I think a lot of uh, the same with like Toronto, like you mentioned the Raptors getting a Scotty Barnes plus, you know, plus picks or plus whatever, plus an OG on an OB or whatever. Like that's, that's a really good package to get. So I, I just don't see how the Sixers and Nets align to me. The only way it happens would be KD coming out and saying, I am go I want to play for the Sixers or I'm going to retire. And I don't think we're anywhere close to that yet. I think the retirement stuff is smoke. I think this is just another way for him to push the the the, the Nets to make a move. I also kind of think that's why the Sixers are getting thrown out there. I think that's perhaps from KD's camp to get the Nets antsy and, and to say, like, well, oh, I want to go to the Sixers. and the Nets being like, ah, well, we really don't want to trade him to the Sixers after we just traded James Harden to the Sixers. So It would be wonderful. It would be great for the city. It would make the Sixers instant favorites. I would think to win the championship, to get Kevin Durant, one of the greatest offensive players to ever play basketball. But as I mentioned, I, I just don't know transactionally how that's going to line up for both teams. Um, And I'll say this too. Like if you're the Sixers, of course you're going to engage, right? You're going to engage in conversations. You're going to, see what it takes to get Kevin Durant at the same time, they are not in a hurry to trade Tyrese maxi. I can tell you that flat out. If they, if it winds up that Kevin Durant stays put or goes elsewhere and they still have Tyrese maxi developing as a 21 year old, they're going to feel really damn good about that. So I I think from the Sixers perspective, again, of course you make a phone call. Of course you want to engage but I, I don't see it as a realistic fit, a, a, a realistic trade fit. And, and I don't know that the Sixers see that either or the Nets for that
1: matter. Yeah. Paul it doesn't help either that the Sixers can't trade a first round pick till 2045 at this rate either. Right. So, I mean, <laughs> right. that also makes a difference, but I'm with you, man. And I actually, like, I was thinking about this when we first saw the news that, Hey, okay, maybe, you know, maybe that uh, the Sixers can make a, a pitch for Durant. we heard, you know, Ian Begley didn't hear a red in his report that, Hey, They've talked about it, the high ranking executives for the Sixers, assuming that's Daryl Morey, uh, Elton Brand, everybody else around the management team there. They've, they've definitely discussed this. But I, I think when you look at it for the short term versus the long term, and I've seen some takes of, of, about this on Twitter as well, which is when it comes to Tyrese Maxey, is it worth giving up a guy who has a potential? I don't think he has a potential to be next Kevin Durant. I'm not even going to come close to saying that. Does Maxey have the potential to be a legitimate multi-time all-star? In my opinion, yes. Um but you keep him around. He develops into a all-star potential superstar. Again, we we don't know yet where, which way his trajectory is going to go, but does that give you, would that give you any re- reservation? Like, or would you just say, screw it? Like, yeah, take Tyrese Maxey as long as we're getting KD back.
2: I would have reservation. I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, I would have reservations with that said, I probably would do it only because it's Kevin Durant. And if you have Kevin Durant, Joel Embiid, James Harden. Like I said, you're, you're, you're the favorites. You're you're the favorites not just to win the east, you're the favorites to to win it all. Um, you'd have to be immediately. I would have to see the my reservations would be with the rest, like if it's just and I see you know, from a money perspective, I've seen a lot of people mention this and it makes sense. Uh well, not not that it makes sense, it's it's what works. The math works if it's maxi, tobias Harris, and, and Matisse Steible. That math mm. works, and then you're probably throwing in, yeah, like. I think it's like 2029. 2029 um, is the first pick First shopping pick. Hit, yeah. um, something like that. Yeah, I, I would probably pull the trigger on that. It's if you start getting into depleting the bench in any way, or if they want, I don't know, if, 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 if they wanted... Someone like Melton or not to say that Melton will be a deal breaker, but like (laughs) if you're, if it's going to deplete the roster completely, I I, I don't know how I feel about it. It, It's tough. It's not an easy call if you're a GM, but at the same time, I I think if I'm putting my Daryl Morey cap on, I think Daryl Morey does it in a heartbeat because he is all about increasing title odds. And that does that immediately. It, like I said, it's without a doubt, it makes you the favorite. the, The second you make that trade official.
1: Yeah, a three-headed monster of KD, uh, Embiid, and, and Harden. Good luck. Good luck stopping that. I don't know how the, hell, how the hell they would figure that out. But, yeah, that's going to be an interesting to keep an eye on. But, again, looking at where the Sixers are right now, we discussed this a little bit earlier in the pod, that, you know, they're in a pretty good spot. they got a good team. They, they're they deeper. They're better than they were last year. Uh, Matisse, Dibal, George Niang, not necessarily now your sixth or seventh man, maybe looking at them being eighth or ninth. You know what I mean? So I think that's a big improvement. And this whole KD thing, thank you, Kevin Durant, because you're giving us drama and you're giving us some stuff to talk about. So we, we appreciate that. But uh, let's wrap things up here, Paul. want to thank you for joining me as always. Always good to have you back in the fold uh, and looking forward to what else you got cooking up on uh, Liberty Ballers, even though we are, like I said earlier, in the extreme dog days of the NBA offseason.
2: Yeah, for sure. We have a lot of good stuff cooking. We started our series kind of reviewing all the teams in the Eastern Conference, kind of playing on what we talked about today kind of where they got better if they are can be a threat to the Sixers and, and where that all stands and we're going to have player profiles you know around here probably starting in September and just reviewing every player on the roster and their outlook for the season uh, and we're going to have other you know lots of other really good content I think that's going to you know whet your appetite while while there's no games being on going on like you said the drama is mostly gone other than the Durant stuff and perhaps if the Donovan Mitchell stuff picks back up but I still think we have a lot of exciting stuff going on there, Jazz. I think I think Liberty Ballers is in a really good place, and I think, um, you know, I'm really excited for for the for the coming months and for the coming season. And I also put out a feeler today. If you would like to be a part of Liberty Ballers, uh, you can feel free to reach out to me on Twitter and and you know start that conversation. So, yeah, it, it's exciting times, Jazz. I'm very pumped for for this season coming up. I think the Sixers are going to be really interesting and fun to watch at the minimum. They might also be pretty good at basketball, so that's good.
1: You know, well the, yes and and hopefully there's there's no distractions no shy, side sideshows didn't have to deal with ben simmons when we we're both starting <laughs> off at, uh, on the job where again thank you ben because you did give us a lot of content last season yes, when him we and started in yeah. rich fall they gave us a ton so um yeah we're looking forward to it. and i i think i'm looking forward to the on-court performance being a lot better too just given how deep that this team is and they're right there with the with the boston's and the milwaukee's of course we have to see how things are going to play out. But uh, we'll wrap things up for this episode here coming up uh, later in the week. Adil will be back with his out-of-sight podcast. Him and Dave are going to be doing their own thing. I'll be back as well later on in the week with some new guests and, and talking all things Sixers and maybe hopefully doing some historical stuff in the next couple of weeks as well to keep you covered and keep you in the loop with all things Sixers. So before we wrap things up, don't forget, subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. You can catch us wherever you get your fix. Always appreciate a five-star review if you're inclined to give us one. And don't forget, to check us out and Paul and Jackson and Sean Kennedy, Steve Lippman, our entire crew at libertyballers.com.
0: Support for this episode has come from eBay. You know, real when you feel it. And with eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you don't have to wonder. You know that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo will be checked by experts and verified authentic. Maybe it's a designer handbag, sneakers that pop, jewelry that shines as bright as you do. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.